What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Actor Recall. I am your co-host, Walter, with... Francis. And this is episode 43. Before we begin, though, guys and girls, thank you for checking us out, staying tuned, and tuning in. Uh, we don't ask for much, but please spare 30 seconds of your time. Just go on iTunes, just write a small review. We really appreciate it. Everything and anything is cool. But enough of that, though. Sess, let's just get into this, man. What do we got going on today? All right. Notebook of the week this week. I don't think we um, teased one last week at all. I couldn't remember <laughs> what it was. At least. It, was Daniel, it was so, Daniel Pink, but... <laughs> that's what we talked about last week. We did when. Right. So this week we're going to do oh. just uh, cool things, different links, uh, different topics, things that we've been... We try to do like we've been read things we've been reading, watching, listening to. Um, sometimes this might be a book, sometimes not. But we'll we'll get started. So uh, the first thing is, The Rock had an interview in the Rolling Stone, which was pretty cool. Um, it it's recent, so he he does talk about like uh, more recent things instead of it's not like a full biography profile thing um and he talks it just talks about how he's probably like the biggest movie star right now oh yeah then it it, there's parts in there i think i think the big (laughs) thing i've seen like articles made out of is uh he addresses his beef with vin diesel um which was a bummer it's a bummer (laughs) I've, i've been um you know i i like both of them it's it's sad to hear about like, you know, a rift in the family, and it it doesn't sound like they will ever really like squash it and be friends again. But um, they just had disagreements about how movies are made, something like that, and uh, yeah, real bummer. I did not know that. Wow, that was on that was from the Rolling Stone interview. Yeah, I guess like last summer uh, there was some you know some stuff on Instagram where. Um, oh, they're talking shit. <laughs> yeah, the rock call. He didn't call them jabronis, but uh, you know, he, he, in so many words, he did. And then, mm. uh, but didn't say who it was. But yeah, I think this is the first time he like uh, explicitly says like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's Vin Diesel, and we have disagreements, and maybe I won't be in the next movie, but I'm just gonna focus on this movie, uh, the spinoff with Jason Statham." Ooh, sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, I I did see, okay, I did see a Rock um, trailer for Rampage, that video game movie, and it tripped me out. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's in, like, every apocalyptic, like, movie, Uh, or, like, natural disaster or whatever, but this one is, uh, you know, there's three monsters. That, for The Rock, that was the, it was goofy. It looked goofy, but then it was very interesting. And then I did see Jason, Jason State, what's his last name? Statham. Uh... He has a movie Transporter. too with like, yeah, tra- from tra- <laughs> but um, it's a movie coming out with a really really big like mutant shark. Um, is it and- is it also called Rampage? <laughs> it, it cracked me up because they're both kind of like mutant whatevers. Um, it was like a, a J- like of course it's Jason Jason Statham, and um, he's he's got that look of intense intensity and it just cracks me up like i can't take him seriously anymore because he just has that same face over and over but anyways 
Uh, excited for those movies just because I, I recently watched their trailers. Uh, what was it that you were saying? Let's see. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I, I pulled this excerpt from the interview. Yeah. There, there's a lot in there. Uh, so what we're going to try to do is have the source, topics. Um, well, we won't like say this list of topics, but uh, we'll have an excerpt and some lessons that we could take away from this thing. Um, oh, yeah. So we, a, a lot of the interview is about uh, failure and how that has helped him. And he talks about giving this like speech to the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. And here, here's the excerpt. For the next 40 minutes, Johnson delivers a heartfelt extemporaneous speech cataloging his <laughs> lifetime of failures, how he was arrested multiple times as a teenager, how he failed to get drafted in the NFL, his dream crushed at 22, how he made it big in wrestling, but then quit to star in movies and struggled. And two years later wondered what the F did I do with my career? <laughs> and that censorship is my own. So um, yeah, uh, yeah it, it was a, I, I think something that we, like uh, the article reminded me of is he had that period where he did, I just picture it was it the Tooth Fairy. It's the I, I just picture that movie poster oh. <laughs> where, yeah, he was doing these family comedies and yeah, it did it, it did there was that period after like Scorpion King and a couple action movies that his career was on like a downward tra- trajectory. Um, right, and here we go. So the question I have, uh, he he say, he tells the team like, oh yeah. You know, dig into those failures, hold them close, and uh, remember, like, the lessons that you have from it. Uh, So I said, what failure do you hold close? Or we could also talk about (laughs) second place failures as well. Sure, I'll I'll go for a major one, but not the the major major Yeah, you know, we want to hold some things close to the... So, (laughs) (laughs) what I'm saying is um, one of my biggest failures is not finishing college like within a time frame you know it's uh like everyone says oh everyone has a different time frame of finishing college or everyone has this type of mindset where you have to finish college within like a four to six year span right it took me like 12 <laughs> usually, years like, usually <laughs> they go like four years <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly that's like you know four-year college stuff like that it took me like 12 years so it's this is like one of these failures that that I think about, and I'm like, okay, this is something that really makes me, like, it gets me irritated to the point where I'm, it gets me angry, it, upward, upward, a downward feeling of, of, of just hate on myself, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's fulfilling to know that at least I finished it, <laughs> but the good thing um, is that at least I noticed that that downward traje- trajectory that uh, the, the Rock was noticing with his career. Those movies were ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, he pulls out that movie, uh, Hercules, and it's freaking amazing. <laughs> but uh, ever since then, I think like that's one of the biggest failures I've had. But at least I came back with it headstrong and tackled it. Buckled down, tackled it. Uh, what about you, Seth? What's one of, one of the closest failures that you had? Uh, yeah, I wrote one down. Um, yeah. Also college related. 
I didn't get into the computer science department. Uh, got rejected. I, th- I think I must have applied. I applied at least twice. I might have applied a third time and was just rejected every time. Um, so was, so uh, can I ask a question really quick? Was it yeah. a, a proposal or like when you apply, is it like a like a four page essay of how awesome you are or what's the uh, roughly? What's the... <laughs> yeah, the, I think there's <laughs> I think there were like two essays. So one, it's it's like applying to college. You write this general essay and then there was, I think, like a topic essay. But um, but then, of course, like your, your grades, this is a case where your grades really matter. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I'm sure they even have just, like, hard cutoffs depending on certain classes and things like that. In this case, though, I had good grades uh, for computer science, um, but then really bad grades for some math classes and physics classes, oh, okay. um, where I probably thought that because I did well in the computer science classes that, that I'd get in right. the department. Yeah. Right, but yeah. then I think they're, like, in hindsight... Um, there's like the linear algebra class that I did terribly in and mm. that has a lot of overlap in like computer science. So, um, <laughs> and that's not the only class that I did bad in the entire like physics series. So <laughs> it's not like, Oh, you know, don't, don't I, worry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never really, uh, I didn't get in. I never really looked at it. I was like, Oh, this is unfair. Um, I kind of like knew that, um, they probably, made the right decision like on paper and all that so um and, and the reason i hold that like kind of close is things turned out great um i'm happy yeah. with and also in hindsight right so it's like yeah oh yeah um <laughs> it's that that uh parable of the farmer and his son um and it's something like there's a farmer and he wins a horse something like that and then the people say like that's that's great you want a horse and you know now you'll be able to plow the fields and something like that and then they say uh the farmer says uh we'll see and then uh the horse kicks his son um or like buckles his son off and his son hurts his leg and then people say that's terrible then you know farmer says we'll see then uh, there's a war and there's a draft and uh, the son avoids that and people say like because his legs injured then they say that's great and he says we'll see and you know you, know, you see like, the point right like it's always <laughs> like we'll see so you know at the time not getting in uh, seemed really bad but oh devastating yeah. I bet yeah. man that's I'm glad I'm glad you were able to see outside of that and work your way out of it man that's so good so lesson here yeah. if you have a failure we're talking to the college listeners don't worry <laughs> you'll make it and yeah um if, if it's going bad just remember we'll see and it's you'll overcome I, it <laughs> so i have i have this one thing just to say because i know a lot of like i still have cousins that are in college and i mean so before then they thought high school was their life and you know their prom was like such a big thing and all that stuff and then now college is their life. Like they, they think that college is their gateway to being having a, a good life, right? Which is, which is uh, of course, like a lot of people kind of push out, right? Um, it's not always going to be, college is not always going to be their life. It's, I, I feel like everyone has that mind frame, mindset that college is college. So what are you going to do after college? You're going to make your job, whatever. 
it's what you want to do with your life. That's that's all it is. Doesn't matter. College is not everything. Seth went through it. I went through it. It's not everything. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> I, I, I think it it is very not very important. Like you know, there's those people that argue like, oh, you, you don't need college. Um, but I think in a lot of cases you're going to end up going. Um, yeah, like, it's it's hard to you know. Yeah. Uh, in a lot, I mean, it, it's hard to like. Maybe I take that for granted. Um, there's people that um, it is hard to get in and yes. go and like pay for it and all that. So, um, yeah. But there are those cases like your parents force you to go and, you know, you can't make that decision. <laughs> um, <laughs> so make the yeah. most of it, but don't worry uh, if, if it's going yeah, make the most of it. <laughs> I don't want. Yeah, I, I think oh, it's. I think it's a buckle down. I, at least yeah, show yeah, yourself, yeah. right? Um, yeah, yeah. Show up. Meet people. Yeah. You know, live your life there. Don't don't study too much, and but make sure to study. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on? What's, what's the next one? We'll man? go to the next thing. <laughs> um, next one is I've been listening to Josh Waitskin. He's the uh, kid from. Well, he's an adult now, but if you watch the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer, where Lawrence Fishburne is not Morpheus, he is instead <laughs> um, a homeless person that plays chess at Washington Square Park. And uh, the movie is based on Josh Waitzkin's childhood. He was a chess prodigy. Um, and he had a couple appearances on the Tim Ferriss podcast. N- not recently. These are like a couple years old now. I think one's from 2014 and one's from 2016, maybe. Uh, I, I like to listen to these once in a while and um, I'm kind of like mixing up both of them. But one of the uh, themes that comes up a lot is thematic interconnectedness, which is uh, like a long way to say it's like connecting ideas from different fields. So he talks about how he used chess, um, like his knowledge of chess and strategy and applied that to another thing and applying it to he became i think like a tai chi push hands uh master and now he is a black belt like high level black belt under marcelo garcia in uh brazilian jiu-jitsu gotcha and and a lot of the lessons from uh tai chi and further back from chess have helped him there and on the uh, not he only he owns a gym and then he also like consults with super high level finance people um to get them from like 99 percentile to 99.5 percentile and you know like the, these are like the top of the top so um, oh yeah and he time. applied and he, he just in this podcast he talks about um yeah dude apl- taking different things and applying it elsewhere like knowledge from finance into um his other interests and uh vice versa so that's right oh uh- you want me to read that? Sure. Answer? Yeah, yeah. It looks pretty good. Uh, it's quote, and then I, when I work with people, it's really how I learn and how I found it's really powerful to help people amplify amplify their growth curves to teach them to be able to, to learn many of the uh, many from the few or from the one to learn the macro from the micro, break down the boundaries between des- uh, disparate disparate pursuits or parts of the life between the personal, the professional, the technical, and the psychological. So the question is, when have you been able to apply a skill from one area to a different field? I'll ask you this first, Sess. 
and I could, I'll answer it. All next. right. Um, this, I th- uh, learning to program is probably one of the most, uh, the thing I pulled from the most, probably like applying it to different fields. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting an understanding of, in programming you have, uh, like different levels of abstraction and there's just different, a lot of concepts from programming that, um, I've learned to like apply to life. And that's even one of them is like abstracting something from, uh, from something specific. So the specific thing here being programming and then, um, the broader thing being life. I'll try to think of just even last week we were talking about that book when, uh, time management, breaking your day down and, uh, you take a look at your week and things that you're doing. Like even when I'm, when we're doing the podcast or like making, say like making videos, you have mm-hmm. to, there's a checklist that you have of things to do. And, um, through programming, I learned like how to look at so- something and then see like, Oh, which parts of this can I pull out and repeat? Because there's yeah. that principle in programming, like don't repeat yourself. So if you find yourself mm-hmm. like doing something repetitive, are there ways that you can make it faster or automate it or do it? Like do all of it up front. Um, so there's that. And then, Another thing from programming is um, just the idea of like you can do something, have this process. It's kind of the opposite of like don't repeat yourself. Like um, there's this concept called like not concept, but uh, premature optimization. So sometimes you do it once and then you're like, oh, okay, now I can, I want to clean this up so that I can repeat it. And then you never use like that cleaned up version ever again because it was just a one off thing. And so that's the opposite of something. Sometimes like you can over systematize uh-huh. things. Um, which yeah, sometimes I do, and I guess the, like, the good thing is like recognizing that, and then also just like if understanding like the level of um, polish that you need in some cases where it's like, oh, if, if this is just like something we're gonna throw away, we want to do this, uh, communicate something, and then get rid of it. Then that's like thinking through applying that to like writing. It's like, what's this writing for? Is it just an email, or is it gonna be like you know? <laughs> So am I, am I sending this to, you know, the computer science application committee or whatever? Um, anyway, yeah, so that's, that's good, been, man. like, one thing, one area that I've been able to pull from and apply. Yeah. Oh, man. So with that, this question, uh, I'm going to bring it back all the way from, uh, well, to answer this question, it's, it's customer service, right? And uh, customer service back when I was in McDonald's, and learning how to talk to people and all that stuff. And going to work as a bagger at the commissary. And, you know, it's just those those cues when we ask, um, <laughs> would you like paper or plastic? <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or I'm saying like, oh, would you like your eggs in front or whatever. But then there's always got to be that that thing was when you are done finishing bagging all that stuff, you got to bring out their groceries out. And there's that small talk. And I hate small talk. But this is like the whole customer service thing where you just trying to get to know the person a little bit or just to make them brighten up their day. It works. It's to this day right now. And, um, you know, it's, it's the, that, the awful question of a, <laughs> the, the weather question or the, um, or like, uh, how are you doing today? Kind of stuff like that. That to this day, it's helped me talk to people and help me because I'm, I'm very, I used to be very, very introverted. And now I can talk to people a lot 
easier just to say, oh, what's what's good with you? What are you up to today? Or what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. I'm able to do that easier, easily, rather than just be quiet or go down, look down at my phone and all that and just stare at it. But a different outlet would be, okay, so customer service helped me through talking to other people uh, personally. So I could talk to you easily just because the fact that I know you back in the day versus some random person from, I don't know, uh, well, we're waiting in line and, you know, something's going on. But that's probably the my my favorite memory is just is the just how you could easily talk to someone when you're just worried that they don't want to talk to you or they <laughs> it's just like they don't feel like talking to you but then you're just trying to make chat chit chat it's it's the worst feeling it's like a very stressful feeling for me because i hate i hate starting up starting up a conversation but then a lot of people i feel like they they want to talk i don't know that's just that's my kind of uh like applying a skill to one area to a different side yeah that, <laughs> i never really thought about that like that you did have to do the small talk during bagging um <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was yeah it was always like oh great day uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> That's a <laughs> yeah. I, I guess like now that I think about it, I when I first moved here to New York, I was just like, I remember probably being better about it, like talking to strangers. Uh, I would I would make an effort to to do that, um, and like talk to people at when I'm checking out at the grocery store, things like that. Yeah, I don't do it so much anymore. Um, I'm not sure why. I haven't really <laughs> thought thought that through. Uh, but definitely like one thing that if there's like one skill I've learned, um, is yeah, just, just not really being too worried about asking strangers for directions. Um, which I don't know if that's useful, but uh, it it can be sometimes. (laughs) Um, or anyway, yeah, that's a, that's always a good skill to have is to do do this in small talk, things like that. Yeah, there's. Sorry, I'm sorry to stop you, but uh, I just remember it just got me in my head. I just remember watching Scrubs, and there was a scene where it was like one of his daytime dreams, uh, daydreaming, and he's trying to talk to one of these guys, and he's like, "Oh, how's it going?" He's like, "Good. How about you?" He's like, "Oh, good." And he's like, "Oh, that's good." And they're, they're like, "Yeah, that's it's good, it's good." And then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, good things are good," <laughs> and it always kills me just. Just that that whole scene is what what cracks me up is is that talking to people talk when they ask you how how you're doing and all that good that's I mean I guess lesson learned is you know talk to them don't say it's good <laughs> anyway, anyways good things are good that's what things are good one? Um, <laughs> next one there is oh HBO documentary Andre the Giant watched it last night um really enjoyed it mm. but the thing we'll talk about today is uh the um executive producer on that was bill simmons and of course he has one of the biggest podcasts and biggest podcast networks and he talked to the director of the documentary who also made the fab five documentary they yeah they just talk about like the making of this andre the giant um documentary which is 
interesting um just hearing like the process that it takes and bill simmons is, was uh executive producer for um 30 for 30 when he was at espn so yeah he has he has a lot of experience like i think he says like it's been 10 years now that he's been doing these documentaries um so i had this excerpt from um the podcast episode and they're talking about a stories and b stories and the a story of course is like andre the giant and then the b stories are like um hulk hogan and just the wrestling industry um so yeah and like some of the like the wrestling territory stuff and okay so here's the excerpt he says i use the analogy that like if your main story is your highway you can get off an exit and you can go out to eat but you can't stay the night so if we get off that exit and talk about the rise of Hulk Hogan, we're in danger of staying overnight. But what helped is you just need to keep on peppering Andre in somehow. Um, what helped was that when he won the title from Sheik in 84, Andre the Giant is there pouring champagne on him. <laughs> End of the excerpt, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> Wally had a little trouble reading earlier, and now I had some trouble reading, and it's because of like <laughs> the slides that I have. I put the smallest possible font. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was just like an interesting thing into like the uh, Wally and I are trying to make our own like different videos, and uh, we're not making like documentary length things, but there's some thought into storytelling and stuff like that. So this is a good episode to listen to about if you've ever, ever been curious about like what goes into these documentaries. Um, I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff there too, where they talk about, there's that phrase like kill your darlings, um, which is often talked about like in writing when you're edit, like revising and editing stuff. Like oh. there's going to be stuff in there that, you know, you, you really, really want to keep it in, but you have to, you have to cut it out. You just have to cut you're going to cut good things out that you want to have in there. Um, but with documentary um, filmmaking, it's, it's even more, it's even harder to cut it because you know, the effort that went into like scheduling this interview, interviewing someone or traveling to some country to get this footage and then um, having to cut that. It's not just cutting like words on a page that you thought up one day. It's like, um, yeah, there, there were like, there was a lot of a lot more involved and other people involved. So, uh, my question yeah. is, <laughs> um, what's your favorite documentary? And um, was it because of the clips or like the overall story? Um, yeah. Uh, so, I don't know if you remember this, but this was this was when um, we were all about WWF or WWE during that time. It's, it's high school for sure. And you got this book. It was Mankind's uh, <laughs> a documentary about who he was and how he became Mankind. And then it's just not Mankind, but uh, the other guys. What, do you remember the, the other two guys? Uh, his, oh, Dude Love and um, Cactus yeah, Dude Jack. Dude Love. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was just his story frame of, uh, okay, or he would talk about when he got um, tombstoned by Undertaker on uh, a bunch of thumbtacks and that was crazy <laughs> it was it's, that's one of my favorite documentaries just reading that book about how he went through like all from from ground up to wrestling and becoming who he is now that was awesome and 
The other one, it's, it's also related to this, is the Hulk Hogan <laughs> uh, documentary. Now, it wasn't a book. It was actually a CD. Uh, it was all his, it was his time frame of, um, what was it? I think it was when you, me, and Jay, or I think it was just me and Jason listening to Hulk Hogan on a road trip. Or it was, and I think you, we borrowed that from, from you or something. Um, but it was Hulk Hogan talking about coming up from the ground up, same thing, and becoming who he was now. And one of the, the, the cool stories that he had was um, getting beat up at the wrestling gym just for... I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, when he was just seriously trying out his best, and they were just beating him up. Like, he, you know, entertainment's entertainment, but then when trying to get into the wrestling uh, world, it was like a, a club, an exclusive club that you can't get into unless you went through that, that kind of hazing, I guess. And everyone gave him the nod, and they're like, yeah. So he went through, you know, trials and tribulations, and he got to where he is now. And that was a great, I, I loved, I loved both that book and that CD thing that you had. I think it was all both from you. Yeah. I love wrestling. <laughs> I love like old wrestling. I, I'm not like, I don't keep up with it too much, but I did watch, watch WrestleMania. Um, yeah. And by hazing, my understanding, like what I remember from that is that they broke his leg. <laughs> so <laughs> they like deliberately broke his leg and then he he stayed with it. And that's when they were like, oh, yeah, OK, um, he's one of us <laughs> like who broke yeah, his leg. Exactly. And, um, Jeez. So, yeah, that, <laughs> I, I remember that it was a CD. It was like a CD version of his like young adult biography. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely a good one. And wrestling has these, I guess it's just that storytelling thing. There's a bigger story and then the smaller story, like side stories. Um, and my favorite documentary I wrote down was uh, Super Size Me. It's about, uh, they, they say like, you know, you want to know what the ending is in movies and in stories, but really you already know because there's going to be a hero like the hero is going to win in just about every story otherwise um you know unless you're like avant-garde and trying to make like an art house movie or not even an art house but people want the hero to win and in this case we know the ending and we know deep down inside if you eat mcdonald's every day you know (laughs) um like a supersized meal you're gonna get enormous and unhealthy um, so just talking about like, we, we just want to see like how enormous and unhealthy he'll get and it pays off. <laughs> um, he looks terrible by the end of the movie. Um, but I don't know why that that's a document. I think that was like one of the first oh, documentaries that, that I watched that I, yeah. that really comes to mind. And I think probably like junior or senior year in high school when that came out. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that, that was that was a good one. Um, yeah, uh, I will say because of that documentary, it was it was essentially a call to action because there was something going on with with our lifestyle, and he pointed it out that a lot of our our eating habits is, is revolving around uh, McDonald's, and at least on this documentary, he was able to like stop 
supersizing the yeah, actual super size. I think it actually thing. did kill supersizing, right? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So we had the small, medium, large, and then the and then supersize. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah, was yeah. humongous. Yeah. And and I think one of his rules was <laughs> if any of those uh the the cashiers would ask if he liked his meal supersized, he has to do it. And because of that, it all the McDonald's would stop. That was that was very impressive that he was able to stop something so massive. So anyways, that was, I loved that. That was a great one. It was pretty gross at, at probably near the end. I was like, Oh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, right. that was a good documentary. Yeah. I guess yeah. like I'm trying to think of like, uh, the A story, B story. The, I, I, if we think of like supersize me, I forget, I even really forget the B story, but, uh, you know, there's just cool clips of, um, never mind. Anyway, the Bill Simmons podcast, they talk, <laughs> they talk about like uh, the Fab Five documentary and there's yeah. like, it's like how, how much of this will be like cool clips of the Fab Five and then how much will be new footage. So that's a, a lot of times what happens is like um, finding the balance there of new clips, new interview or new interviews and things like that. And then historical footage, um, highlight mm-hmm. reels and things like that. So um I don't know how we can apply that directly to like <laughs> what we do. Maybe we can. Uh, I don't know. We're uh, documenting our stories right now, man. We have a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we just need All to right. pepper in some cool clips. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the last one here is this article by James Clear. Um, it's called the Four Burners Theory the downside of work-life balance um and yeah did you want to read this yeah i can read that i'm scared to read because i'm gonna stumble (laughs) because it's so small (laughs) okay so so it's the four burners theory the downside of work-life balance okay so it's quote imagine that your life is represented by a stove with four burners on it each burner symbolizes one major quadrant of your life the first burner represents your family the second burner is your friends the third burner is your health, and the fourth burner is your work. And the question is, what are your burners? Which one is the highest right now? And do you have a plan for t- for turning it down in the future? So, um, Cess, if you were to gauge, it almost sounds like the the pillars, yeah. like uh, what we were talking about. But anyways, the burners. Um, out of all this, like these burners are essentially everyone's in a generalized. Uh, one what's your what's your highest and what do you i mean you're not a workaholic are you of course i am um oh okay <laughs> no, no 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 it's uh, like <laughs> um I, I wanted to make health like uh turn the burner on health wise i guess uh Ooh. even further mm-hmm. um not to say like i guess yeah this is something about um just even like picking the different burners is important that's something that I've, i'm i'm trying to think through like in the last say like six months is like if you could pick these different and like we talked about like the pillars and then yeah. within that there's like different pillars um but yeah and trying and trying to I, I think in the in the past i've tried to like balance it too much and there's something there where like if you try to balance every plate exactly then you're going to drop some things um but i guess that analogy is different right that's like uh, juggling plates um (laughs) 
<laughs> where you could have like these different burners on, but it, you, um, I think his point in the article is to you're gonna have to turn some higher, turn some on higher, uh, and turn others down. And yeah, so so okay, yeah. But the one that I was trying to focus on this year was uh, health, and it was because I felt like I was in like worse health last year. Not not like failing internal organs or anything, but just um, my, my movement felt bad. Like yeah, I, I didn't feel as strong as I have in the past, and um, yeah. So this year I tried to turn it up, and a lot of that came with like kettlebells and thinking about like how I could make it a daily thing um not kettlebells but just like thinking of like fitness as like a daily thing instead of just like I'll do three workouts in in the week um and I'll only think about health three days a week (laughs) it's like oh it's a it's an all the time thing so yeah um yeah so uh what about you yeah um now I will. I have to. I have to uh, debate this, but um, my burners are, of course, these the same things: family, friends, health, and work. I like you know. I hang out with my family. I text them. I even get calls from my dad asking about how to change the ink from the printer, and that's that's like the gist of my week of talking to dad, for example, or or my friends, like talking to you, the podcast. That's this is like one of the more developed uh, friendships, more so than. When I used to have like uh, with Kurt and his friends playing Magic, that that used to be a a big one. But now I turned that one down. Those dials, and then my health, my health dropped tremendously just because I've been working full time job plus doing my side gig, and it's it's getting harder. It's getting harder to put in the time to to eat healthier, uh, cook or work out, and I've started noticing that more so. I'm at least I'm self aware. That's good, and my work. I know that fourth burner is probably the highest right now out of everything, just because I want to have my work be uh, supporting me, not just through financial stuff like the bills and all that stuff, but to make my career um, as a videographer twofold. Like I will, I want to get my current job away as I'm working towards my other job, which is my entrepreneur videography business, videopreneur. But I will say um, this whole work-life ba- balance, it says like the downside of work-life balance is, is uh, I don't really like work-life balance. I think um, it's, I think this is true for the sense that it should be work-life presence. <laughs> and, the thing, <laughs> and the thing is it's, it's taking it day by day, right? So it's not, they're dials. These these burners are just day to day. They're it's not always going to be the same all all the time. It's always going to be different. Like one day is going to be just all about work, or the next day is going to be all about health or hanging out with family. It's it's not always going to be the same constantly. It's it's just this is a balance, and it's not it's not going to be. Um, it's just as long as you are present with your family. Like, so there's like that, that saying, like, you know, you have 40 to 60 hours of work and then you have 20 hours of family time or whatever. You have to be more mindful with the 20 hours you have with your friends and family. So that way 
they'd be more happy or, or you know just you'd be more happy rather than putting in all that work that time frame so it's just seeing where you are with your time and that's that's your presence that's your the presence you have with your health or your work or your family and friends that's that's my little that's my little gist of uh of work life balance it should be work life presence yeah i, I... Have you seen, I remember like I was in Vancouver once, like biking around uh, yeah. with our friends. And then I saw this guy, um, Have you You know, people make towers of rocks and they just balance rocks somehow. Have you seen these things? They'll, yeah, it's like when we hike. I see these, these yeah. everywhere. Anyway, it takes a lot of effort, it looks like. So th- there is just this tax of it, like energy tax of if you want everything exactly balanced, it takes energy to balance, like just the act of balancing it and monitoring that constant. If you're constantly monitoring that, then um, that takes some energy that you don't need. So um, kind of accepting that they're not always going to be exactly balanced, but at the same time, just having the awareness, um, having some kind of pillars that you pick um, and then monitoring it and looking at it maybe like week to week. Well, what did, where am I? Whereas like right now when I, I just was answering this and thinking like um, that I, I did put like health first and maybe I can put that kind of like more in maintenance and then because I have the ideal body right now, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I can I can put it in maintenance because I, I have this is an ongoing thing is um, the friendship part, like socializing, whatever the pillar is of like. Um, hanging out with other human beings day to day is something I didn't have a lot of and don't have as much of as um, I, I would want to focus on that and like turn the burner up on that. Um, and I did try to do that with like going to like group fitness classes, things like that to <laughs> sort of force it. And yeah. I'll have to like keep working on that. And that's something probably the rest of this year that I'll look at. Um. Oh yeah, for sure. That's good, man. All right. Um, what's the last one we got? Nothing. That's uh, all right. That's okay, what we have. Cool. I think that's pretty good. Those are that's our four cool slammer. things. I think oh, before we we forget, dude. Sus, have you been, bro? <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. 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 Um, pr- pretty <laughs> good. Good things are good. Good things are good. I <laughs> over the weekend. Um, went with amy to dc we watched or <coughs> checked out like the cherry blossoms and then uh, i think i talked about this on the last podcast that that's what we were going to do um yeah we went to tokyo underground it's this uh noodle noodle place that was ramen place mostly on it was on diners drive-ins and dives went there for the dan dan noodles found out they replaced the dan dan noodles with i think some oh. other dan dan noodles no um <laughs> really bummed about it uh so i was wrong it wasn't pretty good this was a bad week because I, was, i've been lo- i've been looking forward to eating those noodles again for like two years um oh that's unfortunate now, it, it, it was a good trip uh so that's good. and then yeah i got really bloated but uh, <laughs> how was your week great man mine's been well so uh just a few days ago i watched uh, ready player one Oh my gosh, dude. Mass fusion of my childhood. Everything from like the video games to the to the movies I watched. 
uh, it showed a lot, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a lot of the movie. I heard it was a book. I didn't know about that until I Googled the movie just to see the showing at the Times. And I was like, wait, there's, there's a book? I'm, gonna, I'm planning on reading it. I hope. Maybe it's on Audible. But um, been pretty busy with the work. I actually had to work on my picturesque stuff. So I was on Lightroom doing the Quintanera stuff. So finished that up. That was cool. Um, finished the... I did a shoot for a, the boxing gym. And I did... It was just because I wanted to practice with my gear. Uh, from 30 frames to 60 frames to because uh, I know now that when you're doing action shots you should start slowing it down or trying to drop down the frame rate so it looks a little more action-packed kind of deal instead of doing the 60 frames so I think the boxing thing is going to be not so slow-mo this video coming around and then this week I got um, this huge gym that I'm going to do and this is going to this is this is kind of like my way in. It was just like a dream come true that I'm able to film the gym I wanted to film. And I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, it's actually Brian's brother. Shout out to Brian. Uh, I'm ex so stoked. And then there's the CrossFit gym. They keep postponing it, but they're, they're so cool with me. They keep talking to me back and forth. They want to have this. They want to have that. They want to promote their gym. They want to They want to do everything they can to showcase this CrossFit gym versus everything else from San Diego. So it's, this is cool. I, I'm, I see their mindset. It's really awesome. But yeah. Uh, and then also I might be going out quadding or dirt bike racing or whatever it is this Sunday. So pretty, pretty worried about that just because I'm not going to be doing that for fun. I'm going to be filming these guys. So pretty stoked. Pretty excited. That's my week, man. Action packed. Yeah, dude. Pretty pretty busy <laughs> but anyways um dude says uh where can we find you man active recall.co um, perfect marching marching towards 100 subscribers on youtube uh <laughs> and Sick, you're uh, always at walter a media yep walteramedia.com uh, guys girls thank you for checking us out thanks for staying and tuning in if you guys want to leave a review please do 30 seconds that's pretty short out of 24 hours <laughs> anyways uh Sesk, it was good talking to you man you have a great week take it easy we've got uh, a new thing we'll do the review of the week this first one from we'll just do initials since we didn't ask jd one of our favorite listeners he says it's like brazilian barbecue in podcast form Great variety, well executed, and stuffed full of meat. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. And uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I guess we're uh, <laughs> th thanks everyone. <laughs> uh, see you next week. And, and cut. cut.